0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development, including macOS, iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, and any other OS that we've invented this week. So with that, let's get on with the show. Big news this week on the beta front. We got Xcode 11.4 with some pretty incredible features for a point release. So let's just jump straight over to the news and get into it. (laughs) So this week we got the 11.4 beta for Xcode. And it's quite interesting. There is an awful lot of big things in here for a point release. The first thing worth noting is this universal purchase option. So what is it? Well, if you've done iOS apps, you'll be familiar with this already, where you can bundle apps uh, across platforms and basically allow the user to make a purchase and have access to it on those platforms. Well, now Mac OS apps is actually going to be part of that bundle as well. And the way this is going to work is you will give your Mac OS app the same bundle identifier that you would for, say, an iOS or TVOS application. And that's obviously how Apple's going to tie this on the back end. So when the user makes the purchase, um, that bundle identifier, I'm guessing, will basically be set to say, Hey, you've paid for this and you get it regardless of what platform it is, assuming that it's available on that platform. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Another interesting thing as well, and maybe pointing to the way that future things are going to go for Apple here, is that Universal Purchase by default will be enabled uh, on Mac Catalyst apps, new Mac Catalyst apps. So out of the box, when you create a new Mac Catalyst app, this is actually now going to be turned on for you. Which, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense, right? Because the idea with the catalyst here is that you know you can build once, distribute many uh, across the platforms. So it's only natural that I think that the uh, you know the purchasing, the universal purchase, would be part of that. So it's very interesting to see that in the point release, and that it wasn't actually wait. They didn't wait until Dub Dub DC to tell us about it. So that's kind of interesting. Something else that caught my attention in the release notes. And I'm not sure that I understand why you would want to do this, but you can now use a custom bundle identifier for your Mac Catalyst application. So th- this kind of goes contrary to what I was talking about just now, because if you have custom you know, uh, bundle identifiers and they don't match across the different platforms, then you're not going to be able to include that in the universal purchase. But you know, maybe there's a reason you'd want to do that. Uh, maybe you don't want to have you know, universal purchase, say, for Mac OS compared to, you know, iPad OS and iOS. I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure I really fully understand why you would want to do that, Um, but I I guess that basically Apple wants to give it both ways for developers, so you can pick and choose which way you want to work that. Something else new in this release that I had mentioned previously, uh, we finally get to see a glimpse of the new... I don't want to call it a framework, but the new system for helping us debug our Swift UI views. And, you know, I've mentioned this in a previous episode, this idea that it will actually help us to debug the code in a more usable way rather than just telling us there was a problem and it making a best guess as to where the problem is and usually being very wrong up until now. It will now uh, aim to give us a more in-depth and useful... Uh, explanation of the problem and hopefully be able to point us to the right place in the source code as well. Still very early days for that but it's very interesting to see it in there and something that a lot of people have been talking about. Um, Certainly will help with the adoption of SwiftUI which you know is still very much a love-hate relationship in these early days for everybody but anything that helps us debug it better will certainly be welcome. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back I'm going to talk about perhaps one of the most talked about features Uh, coming in Xcode 11.4. Time for a break. Break time over. So, here it is at last. Something that, you know, I think maybe we'd started to give up hope for, but we are finally going to be getting simulated remote push notifications uh, for use in the simulator. Now, there is a bit of a setup involved right now, Uh, if you look in the release notes, uh, for this, you know, setting up the beta. I don't know if this will be refined, when it finally comes out. But the fact that we can finally simulate push notifications in the simulator itself and in our development environment is huge. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where push notifications, as we know, is a big deal for users. And it's very difficult to, you know, get it right without being able to fully test it up until now without having to sort of do some third-party hacks and that kind of thing. So it's really nice to see that Apple has realized that it's about time that they put that in the environment for us to work with. You do have to set up, you know, the service payload like you normally would, along with, the, you know, the various keys and everything else, which, understandably, I mean, you'd be doing this if you was going to production anyway, so it shouldn't be a big deal. But the fact that it's finally there has a lot of people talking and a lot of people excited. Um, something I'm definitely interested in. I've been using some third-party tools up until now, to sort of do the pushes and and it would have to go out through the network and everything else. So it's nice to kind of have this this local version that you can use. Um, You can also use it from the terminal using an XC run as well. So that's going to be interesting. And I think once we get the final release of 11.4, it's going to be very nice to have it in there and to see how they're going to refine it between the betas now and the end result. So the other thing this week, of course, you know, in line with all of these, you know, this new wonderful Xcode beta, there are new .4 releases for all of the OSs as well. Uh, As always, recommended that you probably install those and use them with Xcode on a device somewhere if you really want to test all this stuff properly. I'm not sure at this time of recording how much of this new stuff, like the push notification and everything else, uh, if there's any changes there in, you know, the 0.4 releases for the OSs. So you may find your experience varies. Of course, these are betas. I do not recommend installing anything on a production machine or anything that you rely on. But there is certainly en- enough stuff in this new Xcode to to make everybody want to download and play with it. Now, of course, you can have multiple ins- installs of Xcode as well. Uh, just be careful, you know, that you, you don't accidentally copy across and... Override the production version you certainly don't want to be using these for production code at this time so with that you know that's the news this week and it's been a big week for us uh, a lot of things to get into hopefully we're going to see a lot more of this in the coming betas and i'm betting there's going to be an awful lot to talk about when Dub Dub DC comes around for the next xcode so i think we'll leave it there this week uh, certainly enough to get excited about in the show notes of course i'll put the links You know, uh, you can definitely go get these betas at developer.apple.com. And again, links in the show notes. If you found this helpful, let me know. Uh, You know, put a review in, tell someone about it, share it with a friend, anything like that. It's greatly appreciated. Speak to you soon.